This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 6-2 the final. St. Louis over Buffalo as we welcome you back here to KeyBank Center and the Ted Darling Memorial Press Box. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for being with us here along the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Cool scene right now, actually, down on the 100 level. A large amount of people gathering, and many of them wearing number 25 Owen Power jerseys. So I think it's safe to say that it's Power's family and friends that are all gathering there. And I'm sure at some point after this game here in a little bit, Owen Power's media responsibilities, uh, he'll be... Heading over there for maybe a group photo and a hug to everybody that came to see him tonight. Power picks up his first NHL point. Many in attendance here tonight that may be in their cars already, unfortunately, because the game got a little out of hand at the end. Uh, saw Owen Power get his first point and a nice setup to Alex Tuck, which tied the game at two. Unfortunately for Buffalo, that was the last time they scored. The rest of the way, the Blues got the final four goals of the game, including three of the four from Vladimir Tarasenko, who was... Phenomenal tonight uh, in St. Louis's win. But Power, I thought, for the most part, played very well again beyond the fact that he did get a point. Yes, he got schooled by Tarasenko, but uh, that happens. As Paul said during the intermission, he's 19, and that's an NHL All-Star going at you one-on-one. It's going to happen, and probably uh, it won't happen again in that same scenario. So I think uh, all is not uh, bad about what you saw tonight from the Sabres. And I agree with Rob Ray. I thought that for the most part of this game, now the last 10 minutes just kind of seemed like, you know, the Blues just kind of were pushing everything in their way. But the Sabres did not relent in terms of the scoring chances. A couple of them, I thought, unlucky that didn't go in. Butcher hits a post. Olofsson has Bennington beat through the legs, and it just goes wide. Um, and then you got to give Bennington some credit, too. He made some phenomenal saves. One on power on a shorthanded chance early. One on Skinner in the first period. Uh, in the second, Krebs had a breakaway. Uh, Asplund on a partial breakaway to start the third. So uh, there were some opportunities there for sure for the Sabres uh, to get this one maybe a little bit closer than it ends up being. But I wouldn't overreact too much. It looks like a four-goal loss. If you didn't watch the game or listen to the game, you probably sat there and say, well, God, the Blues crushed the Sabres. Well, a four-goal deficit, and a lot of times you could probably say that. I would not say that tonight. I thought it was a much more even game uh, than it was here in this 6-2 to final. So we'll have some player reaction coming up here in just a few moments. Also, we will get Don Granado and his post-game comments coming up 
Uh, also, Paul Hamilton's take as uh, we get you through here on the post game. But before we go down to the locker room, let's get you the highlights. And they're brought to you by Jim Stakeout, celebrating 40 years of mouthwatering hoagies and chicken finger subs. Buffalo on the board first. We go to the 12-20 mark of the first period. And it's Rasmus Asplin on a redirect of our Yoki Haru shot. And Buffalo's on the board. One nothing. So Asplund's eighth has Buffalo on the board first, but before the period ends, St. Louis takes advantage of a five-on-three situation. David Perrin on a one-timer gets his 25th of the year, and that was the score after one period of play, 1-1. Early second, Brandon Saad scores as the five-on-three turned into a five-on-four. He gets a power play goal for his 21st of the year. St. Louis with the early lead, early second. But Buffalo comes back to tie things up. Owen Power, his first point. He sets up Alex Tuck to tie it at two. Hey, Buffalo's getting another shot. Alex Tuck tuck that one home. And now it's tied at two. Tuck with his 11th at 420 from Power and Thompson. And again, congratulations to Owen Power. His first NHL point. So that made it a 2-2 game, but the rest of the way, it's all St. Louis, including the Vladimir Tarasenko show. Here's the first of three, as this is probably the easiest of the three. Well, he did get an empty netter. I shouldn't get too far ahead of myself, but this one essentially was an empty netter of his own. No coverage backside. He puts it home for his 29th to put St. Louis up in front 3-2. There's the puck coming up on the wing, broken up there, but recovered by the Blues. Thomas, he steers it in and comes after it again. Relentless on the puck in the corner. Cleared it out in front. There's a shot. They score. Tarasenko was there and just slammed it home, and the Blues get back in front again. Now Tarasenko at 7:18 of the second period with his 29th. Good passing by the Blues. No chance for Anderson. That was the go-ahead goal, made it 3-2, and that's the game-winning goal. So we'll call that the play of the game. Brought to you by Seneca Sports Lounge. Bet on Buffalo with Seneca Resorts and Casinos. More Tarasenko. This time he's going one-on-one with Owen Power, and, well, Tarasenko prevails for his second of the night, 30th of the year, to put St. Louis up by a pair. Bucket fired off the boards now. Got it ahead to center and in over the line. Now a chance with a Tarasenko. He scores. Tarasenko stole the puck, darted in on goal, made a fancy move, and makes it 4-2 the Blues. At 12.45, Tarasenko's 30th. 4-2 St. Louis. That was the score after two periods of play. We go to the third. Buchnevich getting his 26th of the year on a puck that was loose in front. That made it a 5-2 game, and then... Tarasenko completing the hat trick into the empty net. Sabres keeping it in with a shot, and that goes around on the boards. Kept in there by Buffalo. In behind the net. Try to get it out in front, but it's intercepted, and the Blues will fire it down the ice and into the net off the stick of Tarasenko. So he gets the hat trick, and St. Louis has a 6-2 lead with 2.28 remaining on the clock. The hat trick for Tarasenko, his 31st into the empty net. 6-2 the score. That's your final. Blues win it by a score of 6-2. Again, all of our highlights brought to you by Jim Stakeout, celebrating 40 years of mouthwatering hoagies and chicken finger subs. Well, for Tarasenko, obviously a very, very solid night. Three goals. 
He also had two assists, so a five-point outing for Tarasenko and another five-point uh, outing for the, for, uh, the uh, forward for the Blues, Robert Thomas. He had five assists in the game and assisted on all three of those Tarasenko goals, so he ends up with five points as well. Pretty impressive to have two players with five points each. Tarasenko, three and two. Thomas, zero and five, but both of them end up with five-point nights. And uh, as we go to the three stars, you can probably guess those two will be on it. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich picks up star number three in the game. He had a goal and an assist. I'm sorry, two assists. Three-point night for him. As I mentioned, Thomas, five assists, star number two. Tarasenko, five points, and the hat trick. He is star number one. All right, we're going to go down to the locker room. And Owen Power going to lead things off. Let's go live and hear from the How did you feel uh, with this one being at home for the first time? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I thought it was good. Um, I thought the fans were in it, but obviously it would have been nice to get a win. Did you feel more comfortable? You seemed even more active than the other night. Did you feel a little more comfortable pinching and so forth tonight? Maybe? Um, yeah, I think this is another step for me um, to get more comfortable in the league. So, um, I, I thought it was a good night, but I still think I got a lot that I could um, do a lot better. On, on the assist, I mean, you know, I think Alex told you to go lead the handshake line. I mean, what was it like just to get get that milestone? Um, I guess get it out of the way in some ways, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's just nice to um, kind of get out of the way and not have to worry about it. So, um, yeah, I think it's just nice, like I said, to get it out of the way. Only behind Darlene in terms of ice time tonight. How's the workload feeling? Uh, good. I mean, I, I think I like to play a lot, so... Um, I play a lot at school, so I don't think it was, it was too much different. I saw you and Tage talking before the face-off that led to the tuck goal. Did it come to fruition, what you guys were talking about in the play? Uh, yeah, it's kind of exactly what we were, um, kind of what, what we were talking about. So um, he won it back, and then I obviously jumped on the wall. So. How did you feel about that cross-checking penalty? I mean, are rules called maybe a little differently in the NHL than what you're used to in college? And how did you feel about that penalty? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I got put in a kind of tough situation. I think I got high-sticked, and um, as he was kind of coming out for the high-stick, I, I gave him a shot. So, um, obviously, that was tough, but there's I didn't think there's a need to really do it. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, I think it could have been avoided easily. I'm sure you've heard all about the St. Louis Blues, but until you experience it firsthand, you really don't know what it's all about. Just what, how beneficial can it be for you to face one of the NHL's you know, elite teams like this? Uh, yeah, I think it's good. I think any team um, is good in this league, so I think every game um, I'm going to get better and, and more comfortable. So, um, like I said, I think this is a step in the right direction for me. Being 19 and only your second game, you probably haven't played against too many players like Tarasenko and the talent that he has. Is it just a learning experience for you? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think when you play against these top players, you, you're able to learn a lot, and you obviously make a lot of mistakes where, where that you're able to learn from and um, hopefully not do it again. You also had three shots on goal tonight. How does it feel for you to feel a little more productive and getting closer to your own goal, not just dishing the pass? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't look too much in the kind of shots on goal. If the shots are there, I'll, I'll take them. But, um, yeah, I, th I thought I was more active in, in the ozone today, and, um, had some better looks. On the penalty kill when you came up ice, did you just see a, a, a lane where you could get up and maybe set Vinny up for a play there? Um, yeah, I saw that we, we might have had an odd man, odd man rush, so um, he kicked out and then 
it was kind of a two on two, so I knew he was coming late and um, just dropped it back for him. All right, there's Owen Power. Three shots on goal, an assist for his first NHL point. 23-10 of ice time, only behind Darlene uh, in terms of the amount. So pretty impressive there. All right, let's go back down to the room, and Rasmus Asplund is now meeting with the media. Easily be 5-5. Five, five. I mean, you, you guys, I think, outchanced him and had probably the better chances in that game, didn't you? Yeah, I think we played great today. Like you said, we're creating a lot of chances. I think we, I thought we outworked them uh, the whole game. You know, they got their breaks, but, you know, I think we had a had a really good performance today. Yeah, for you, I mean, you were due for one for a long time before you got a, before you got a goal. I mean, what's it feel like to just to be getting rewarded for all the work you put in? You know, not only offensively, but just the impact you made defensively this season. Yeah, it feels good. You know, obviously, you know, when you get rewarded, like with a tip like today, it feels great. You know, uh, I've been putting in a lot of work and, and the whole year and getting rewarded is obviously the, the best feeling you can get for it. Maybe the most active you've been in the offensive zone in a while. I, I mean, you could have probably had a couple of more goals and seemed like you were around the net for most of the night. Yeah, yeah, I felt great today. I think I had a couple of games like this in the, in the last couple of games here too. And, you know, I started to get rewarded now with, with goals in two games in a row here now. So, you know, I'm just going to keep going on that. You all getting frustrated with Bennington with the saves he was making on you? No, no. Uh, I like I feel the whole whole group thought that we played great today. You know, we were just kept going, kept going, and you know we didn't get the break today. But you know, it's, this is how we want to play every night. Did Owen look even more active tonight? Maybe too, just confidence-wise, just moving in the offensive moments. Yeah, yeah. Every time he was out there, he put a smile on my face. At face, at least. You know, it was fun to watch. I haven't seen him much play and. These two games, I think he's been looking great. You know, if he gets a couple more games here now, it's going to be really exciting for to have him here next year. You know, chance him. He had the lead in the first period. Everything was going great. Then they wind up with a five on three. How deflating was that going into the locker room for them to get that goal when you basically had the period before that? Obviously, yeah, tough, tough break, obviously. But, you know, I felt, uh, felt we came back in the second there and just kept going. And we played great the rest of the game. So I don't think it affected us much. Uh, obviously, it's a tough break in, in the end of the period there. But like I said, I think we, we kept playing the whole game. Thank you, guys. All right, there is Sabre forward Rasmus Asplund, who got his eighth of the year and actually had a really nice look to get his ninth a couple shifts later. But uh, the Sabres fall 6-2 to two as we bring it back up here to the press box. How about this stat? The Blues against the Sabres have been dominating. In their last 18 meetings between these clubs, St. Louis is 15-2-1. and one. In their last 18, 15-2-1, the Blues are against the Sabres. So, now, we know the Blues have been one of the league's best teams over the last few seasons. Of course, the Stanley Cup win in there uh, as well. We know the Sabres have been one of the worst teams in the NHL. So, it's not surprising. But remember, they only meet twice a year, and they didn't even play in the COVID season. So, this, this isn't just a couple of seasons here. This dates back quite a while that St. Louis has been dominating. But that's a real, real impressive number, 15-2-1 over the last 18 meetings between these two clubs. But, again, I didn't think it was a dominating Blues win. I know it's a four-goal difference at the end. I mean, the shot attempts were 69-41 in favor of the Sabres. So I would agree with Rasmus Asplund in terms of, you know, working all the way to the end. He said they outworked him the whole time or, you know, had a lot of opportunities. I would agree. So this wasn't a night that you walked out of here. When you lose by four, a lot of times you sit here saying, oh, geez, that didn't go well. It was a lot of good about tonight. Bennington was good. 
and, you know, a couple of bad breaks. That happens at times in hockey, and uh, the St. Louis Blues have a very good player, Vladimir Tarasenko, and that obviously is uh, also a big reason why they were able to win this game. All right, we're going to, uh, at this time, say goodnight to all of our local affiliates. So if you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com, or you can listen in on the Odyssey app. For all of you here on our flagship on WGR, stay with us. Don Granado's postgame comments coming up. We'll also get Paul Hamilton's take on this one. Blues win it 6-2. I'm Brian Colzio from KeyBank Center. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. game. All right, um, Sabres lose 6-2. to two. Down to the room we go. Here's Don Granato live. Lot. You were creating. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a game where you, you uh, yeah, it was, a, it was an exciting game. We generated a lot of chances. We generated more than you'd think we'd need, and uh, Biddington was very, very good in that, and um, that, uh, that was a big part of it. But uh, I, I was real happy with our guys' uh, effort. I was happy with our guys' execution for the most part um, to create chances as you have you you mentioned uh, and it's one of those uh, games that you lose and you you actually feel bad for your guys uh, they, they were dialed in and they put to get put forth a great effort um, and it's you're disappointed that they didn't get rewarded more for for the effort and some of the execution and um, it happens it's uh, it's life sometimes and you just I was in the end, you know, you, you walk in the locker room and you know you have a group uh, of guys that are just pissed off they didn't win. And that feels good as a coach. You know, they don't feel like they were overwhelmed. They don't feel like, uh, you know, they just feel like, you know, it's they, they could take charge. And um, I like that. It was another night of first for Owen, whether it's first NHL point. You know, defending a guy like Tarasenko isn't easy. What's it like from your perspective to see him go through this, you know, Tuesday yeah. was a tough challenge, and tonight was a different one. Yeah, and, and you know, there was plenty of moments that were challenging to him, but he, but that's what he needs. He, he'll, he figures things out really fast. Uh, so what we've talked about, you know, size, speed, skill, it's tough to gauge because you haven't played at this level yet. But he's he's adjusting rapidly. Um you know he's he's got skill, he's got talent, um, he's got you know intelligence, and I was happy with it. Uh, and on the flip side, um, I think that uh, you know Dolls and and, and Yokoharu have really, really, uh, you know, and the entire team has has welcomed him in. I I know it's it's important for coaches um, to to create an environment that the players can feel comfortable in, uh, to be aggressive. Uh, assertive to be themselves um, and not fear making a mistake and and we try to create that as coaches but what I'm really happy with watching is the support teammates have for Owen in that initiative Uh, they want to see him be successful Uh, I loved when he got his first assist uh, how excited the bench was how excited the guys on the ice were guys going to get a puck for him out of the net Um, other guys hopping out for the next line change going directly to him uh, you know, really, really special moment for us as coaches to see how fast and how much our guys care to, to help him uh, get acclimated here and, and how, how they have working to make him feel welcomed. Did he seem more comfortable tonight just on 
Yeah, I, I think he did. You know, he, he did. He, he was, you know, sniffing out uh, opportunity offensively without giving much defensively. And that's what we want. We want all our D that way. So Yokoharu, I thought, was great in that area. Uh, uh, Butcher hasn't played in a while, and he, he was in. He was great in that area. And obviously, Dahls is always, always effective in that area. But, yes, uh, I loved uh, his balance and, and uh, reads of how to maybe jump to offensive opportunity and, and surfing for a little bit of offensive opportunity and then uh, still staying responsible defensively. Why did you put Owen with Joe Henry and Rasmus? I don't know if it's 50-50. Yeah, much, you know, philosophy, much the same. These guys are all have to integrate with each other. So, um, you know, we don't, we don't want uh, anybody too dependent on one more team. And the more these guys can... And you can see they're already they're, no problem. They they don't bat an eyelash at it. They, they, we can change lines, tweak lines, at, and and our guys now just feel like oh this guy I'm familiar with him um, and and comfortable with him and excited even. Uh, so yeah, that that would be just that's going to happen. He's going to move around. We also want to see our guys left shots on the right side and and like I mentioned this morning, we have a lot of left shot defensemen that are actually approaching us to want to play on the right side and they're jumping in drills and practice on the right side so you know we've got a pretty engaged group right now i'm sure owen hasn't seen too many players as nifty as tarasenko in his, in his life it's only a second game do you just sit do you even go to he's 19 second game do you say hey don't worry about that it happens type of type of a deal. yeah he, he knows how i feel about that i wouldn't i'm not worried about that i i, I we need him in those situations he he didn't happen a second time and it might not happen a second time in his career. And that's the type of player he is. He, he will learn from it, and we can get him in these situations. And, and I, I, I say that not about him, but I said it about many, many NHL players. You, 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 when, you're, when you're capable, you get in that situation, you learn from it, and you can usually shut it down. And our five-on-three penalty kill, we haven't had many five-on-three penalty kill, but there's a couple things that I think we, that was our second one maybe this year. And there was just a subtle mistake and it was another player, and they will fix it, and it probably won't happen again, knowing that, that guy that I'm speaking of. Uh, so, yes, they're, they're young, and uh, we know, again, out of that game, we know we got better tonight uh, despite the score. Did you know being his second game, if he, if he needs to have his mind eased a little bit or, or, or not really? Yeah, I, I think the support around him, I think the, the culture we have uh, supports guys through that stuff. Um, you know, let's face it, there's hundreds of goals against in the National Hockey League every year. Uh, we're not going to be a team to sit and dwell on every, every goal against. And I, and I think um, you've got to move on. And, and there, there are things that you can take from that. that. That means you don't move on without learning from it and, and taking something constructive from a mistake. So we go over, we go over goals, we go over mistakes. But there, there's a silver lining in there that uh, you can learn from it. It's going to make you better. And... Owen knows that. He knows our approach, and he knows that's why we're putting him in those situations against top players. And we had no problem putting him back out against Tarasenko, and he was great the rest of the game against him. He drew up to Owen. You kind of drew up the play that led to his first assist. Does that speak to the support you're, you're talking about? Yeah, support and belief. They believe in his ability. Uh, they believe in his skill, and you can easily see that. Um, you know, they're, you can hear it on the bench. They're excited when he when he makes a play, when he has a puck, and Again, that's a that's a credit to the camaraderie and the selflessness that uh, that we you know we have in that locker room. Uh, fun to watch as a coach uh, and coaches, you know, because we have uh, you know this group 
has grabbed our attention and uh, respect in that regard as a coaching staff. They, they, um, you know, they're 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 tight knit. They're brothers. Uh, they really have a lot of characteristics of, of you know of, of caring for each other. Owen also led the team with three takeaways tonight. He seems very comfortable on the penalty kill already. What do you see? Yeah, he is. He's comfortable everywhere, and he's and he's intelligent. So, um, you know, the conversations that he had with us and, and with uh, Marty Wilford, who who runs our D, you know, even after you know slight errors, he's coming back and discussing it with Marty, and he's he can self-assess. Uh, and and there are a couple things that upset him. Uh, I mentioned after the Toronto game, I asked him in the hallway walking down to the press after the game, and and I asked him. You know what do you think of his game, and his self-evaluation was right on. And uh, it's that way, shift to shift. So again, I've used the term a lot about calibrating. You know what he really needs to do is calibrate to the league. Uh, he has enough ability, athleticism, and even going through a few of our practices, as he gets more practice, he's going to get more acclimated to the pace of how things go. Because you, you've got no way to do that until you get to this level. Uh, so yes, he's he's very he's he's to that. You know. Uh, these games are going to help him. Every game, every shift helps him. Every situation helps him. So I'm very happy with that. Thanks, Don. Yeah. Okay, there's Sabres head coach Don Granado. As uh, we bring it back up here to the press box, Brian Colsey with you. 6-2 St. Louis, the final. Uh, no update there on Matias Samuelson. He was amongst the five scratches tonight. He was the only injury scratch. Uh, Don Granado said he was quote, hour to hour actually coming into this game. Thought maybe he could play. Uh, did block a shot, block a shot from Austin Matthews on Tuesday's game in Toronto, uh, but did not play tonight. The other scratch is all healthy, Pesic, Hayden, Bjork, and Miller. But Samuelson, we'll see if he's in the lineup on Saturday against Philadelphia. Uh, the injury report there brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Uh, I like, though, what Granado is saying about power. I mean, he said, you know, how intelligent he is, how he'll learn from this, that how he f learns and figures things out super fast. He's adjusting rapidly. Uh, that, you know, tonight, look at Tarasenko went around him. He's, Tarasenko does that to everybody. Like, he's a, that's an all-star, one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. And uh, you can bet the next time that a, a talented player comes down like that, power will uh, make a different decision or be in a different position in order to stop that from happening. And, the excitement that he's describing about the guys on the bench, the guys on the ice, it's great that it's happening for power, but it's not unique to power. That's been happening with everybody this year. They did it when Thompson got 30 goals. They did it when Skinner got 30 goals. They get it when a guy gets his first point or his first goal, uh, any sort of milestone. This team's aware, which is great. It shows how tight they are. They're all rooting for each other uh, on and off the ice. You can tell they got each other's backs on the ice too. So uh, the improved camaraderie in the room that people are talking about, that players are talking about, that Don Granado's talking about, it seems to be translating on the ice as well. We mentioned this game, a four-goal deficit, and, you know, me saying, like, I think the Sabres actually could have won this very easily, and, you know, Granado's opening comments saying how he's like, quote, there's a game we generated a lot of chances, Bennington was very good in net, I was happy with our effort, and he goes, it's one of those games you lose and actually feel bad for your guys. Well, I think if you watch this game from start to finish, you'd say the same thing, that yeah, they lost by four, but you walk out of here saying they actually could have won. Bennington, give him credit, made a couple of big saves, but they hit a post. They had Bennington beat. Olison missed uh, through the legs. The expected goals in this game were actually in favor of the Sabres, 3.22 to 
to 3.12. So pretty even in that sense, but in, in, in anything there, the expected goals gave the Sabres the edge. The shot attempts were 69-41 in favor of Buffalo. So that pressure throughout that Rasmus Asplund's talking about that we saw here in the building, like the numbers back that up too. So I, I think what everybody's saying is that it was a good game. Unfortunately, uh, you see four goal loss, you sit here and say, oh, geez, that didn't go very well. But uh, I don't think this was in any way a, a negative night in the growth of the process for the Sabres. Speaking of process, Sean McDermott was here tonight. They had him up on the Jumbotron during warm-ups. He was on the bench with Don Granato for a few minutes uh, during warm-ups tonight, too. He actually gave kind of the pregame speech pep talk in the Sabre room tonight. If you want to see it or listen to it, uh, it's on the Sabres' Twitter handle, uh, at Buffalo Sabres, of course. So if you want to hear what the Bills coach had to say. All right, Paul Hamilton coming up in a moment. Let's check the scoreboard, though, now as we go around the NHL. Games that are going on right now is where we'll start in Nashville. Oilers, a 3 to nothing lead on the Predators. Leon Dreisaitl, yeah, he's a good player. He's got two goals, 52-53 and 53 on the season. They're just starting the third there. Uh, also just starting the third in Dallas, the Wild have a 2-1 to one lead on the Stars. Midway through the second in Chicago, the Blackhawks and Sharks are tied one apiece. Patrick Kane, his 24th of the season, for the Blackhawks, he continues to put up good numbers. End of one in Colorado, the Avalanche, the Devils, scoreless, nothing, nothing. Just starting the second in Calgary, the Golden Knights in need of a win. They're outside of the playoffs looking in right now. They lead the, or they are uh, tied with the Flames, 1-1. Jack Eichel's 12th of the season is the uh, Knights' tally. Just about set to get started. In Vancouver, the Canucks and the Coyotes just uh, dropping the puck. All right, the rest of these games are final. Bruins led 2-0 after 1. Ottawa comes back to win in regulation by a 3-2 margin. Maple Leafs put up a touchdown at home. They beat the Capitals 7-3. Nylander with two goals. He's now up to 30th, or up to 30 on the season for the Leafs. Final in overtime, the Lightning come back to beat the Ducks by a 4-3 score. Sorelli's 16th, 158 into the OT is the difference there. Final in Pittsburgh, Penguins double up the Islanders 6-3. Sidney Crosby amongst the goal scorers. He now has 29 on the season. Gensel had two. He's up to 37. And the Red Wings pull off the upset tonight in Raleigh. They beat the Hurricanes by a score of 3-0. Alex Nedeljkovic, 46 saves. So the Canes were all over him, but uh, Nedeljkovic getting a shutout in that one. So the Sabres will play the Flyers next. That one coming up on Saturday. We'll have a pregame at 6, faceoff at 7. We'll have it for you right here on the Sabres Radio Network. One programming note, uh, if you're going to listen to pregame on Saturday, which, of course, we want you to do, Kevin Adams, Sabres GM, will be joining myself and Paul Hamilton up here in the press box at 6.10 on the pregame show. So we uh, are looking forward to speak with the Sabres GM. Speaking of Paul, let's bring Paul in now here. As he's down in the media room. Paul, looking forward to uh, speaking with Kevin Adams on Saturday. I know we are. Yeah, well, it's been a, a little over a month or so, so we'll get an opportunity. Well, you and I, it's been two months because last, last month it was uh, the one-on-one that we were able to do with him, uh, which you weren't involved in. So, uh, yeah, it's been yeah. two months for you, so it'll be good to see him again. 
Yeah, you uh, interviewed him at the outdoor game kind of or, – or no, you interviewed him before the trade deadline. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you had an interview at the outdoor game as well. But uh, we'll have him up here in the press box Saturday during pregame at 610. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. Okay, Paul. Well, the, uh, the shot attempts, the expected goals, all that stuff would say the Sabres actually maybe even should have won this game tonight. Then you hear Don Granato say it's one of those games where you actually feel bad for your guys – but they lost by four, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But how many people really walked out of here? If, if you really watched the game, did you sit here and say, man, the Sabres deserve to lose by four tonight? I would say probably quite the contrary to that. I thought they had a chance to actually win this game. Yeah, that did not seem like a 6-2 to two game to me. I mean, uh, Buffalo had chance after chance. It was Bennington who struggled this year, but he certainly didn't struggle in this game. He was right on top of his game, made some great saves. Uh, in this game, even like screenshots, they, the Sabres had plenty of guys going to the net and there were many, many shots that Binghamton never saw. And he was just in position that they hit him or he made the save. You know, he was in a good spot in the net where where they wound up hitting him. And uh, it took a deflection by Asplund to get a goal and then the, 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 the tuck goal. But. You know, there was other ones where maybe you didn't get a lot of puck luck when when As- when um, Olison walks in, makes the deke, goes under the pad, out the other side. Um, you know, so there were there were some other chances uh, that they had too. That, but it, the way they created, I thought, was good throughout this game. There was a lot of quick puck movement, getting the puck up, getting it into the zone, retrieving pucks, all the types of things that Don Granada wanted them to do in the game plan thinking that, you know, if you make St. Louis play your game, it's going to be trouble. Unfortunately, it wasn't because of the goaltender in the St. Louis end who uh, just uh, stood on his head. That game, when it was 5-2, to two, easily could have been 5-5, five, five, easily. Because I'm thinking to myself, boy, you know, and that, then the fans would have really been into it because you see 10 goals in the game and it's 5-5 five, five, and things are rolling. And that easily could have been a 5-5 five, five game uh, uh, but this Buffalo could not convert its opportunity. Something they've been better at lately. Uh, yeah, they got shut out in the one game in Tampa, but, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've scored goals uh, in this recent streak and uh, been much better at scoring goals, but they certainly had a goaltender that stoned them in this one. Yeah. Well, Paul, a lot, of course, on Owen Power again tonight. Fans getting a chance to see him in person for the first time. Um, what did you think overall of his game? I liked it. I mean, yeah, Tarasenko came down and made a play on him. But as I said to you in the second intermission, that's okay. He's 19. I mean, he hasn't played against guys like Tarasenko, who's as nifty and such a talented player as he is. So, as Don Granado says, and I think he's absolutely correct, you know, power will learn from it. And, you know, something like that won't happen again. You know, where he committed to the wall thinking he had him pinned against the wall. And next thing you know, the player in the puck is by you. And, you know, that's that's some of the learning stuff that you have to go through. They've, they've gone through it with Cousins. They went through it for how many years with Middlestat and Thompson? They went through it for a long time with Darlene. And, you know, I'm starting to hear the whispers about Cousins now that, well, he's not going to be what we thought he's going to be. And, and, uh, and I'm not taking a shot at Jeremy. I know he said that. I've heard that from many, many people. Um, that, that, uh, and, and I would just say he just turned 21. You know, and maybe he won't be. We don't know. I don't know. But I'm not ready to say that now. At 21, I still think he has the ability and the talents to be a, a excellent top six 
forward on this team, just like I, th- I always thought Thompson had the talent because you could see it from time to time. And at, time, at times you would go, oh, wow, look at that player, look at that move. But I didn't know if it would ever come out. You know, I couldn't say, well, I know he has it, but I don't know if it's ever going to come out. And now we've seen it. Uh, you know, it took Darlene a couple of years, and, and now all of a sudden he's living up to his potential. So that's all I would say because I don't know. Nobody knows if Cousins is going to. But the thing I like about Cousins is how he drives play. You know, he gets up ice and he drives play, takes pucks to the net. Um, I, I think all he needs to do is get out of his own way, get out of his head, and don't be so angry with yourself when you don't make a play or things aren't going fast enough for you. And I think then he will blossom into a much better player. But um, I certainly would, would, would suggest to people, you know, that he's not – I wouldn't be ready at all to give up on him. Yeah. Paul Hamilton here on the postgame. Blues beat the Sabres 6-2. to two. Buffalo has uh, two games coming up with Philadelphia, Paul. And uh, they obviously have not had a season that they would like. But uh, as we look ahead to the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, uh, two matchups with the Flyers. It'll be home here Saturday night and then Sunday late afternoon uh, in Philadelphia. What are you expecting here as we look ahead to the weekend? Well, the Flyers are playing a lot of young players, too. If you recall, Keith Yandel lost his consecutive game streak. He was healthy, but they scratched him because they said, well, it's, I mean, it was almost a thousand games. But they said it's more important for our organization right now to play these young players than it is to get a consecutive game streak. So, uh, you know, he came out of the lineup. So you're going to see a lot of young players from the Philadelphia Flyers. And we'll see how they react. I mean, Buffalo played, uh, if I recall correctly, I believe Buffalo played pretty well against Philadelphia when they were here and beat them. Yep, it was back on January 22nd. Paul, great work tonight. Thank you as always. We will uh, chat on pregame, and we'll have Kevin Adams at 610 uh, on Saturday evening. So see you then. Take care. Okay, great. Paul Hamilton down to the Sabres media room. Blues win at 6-2. Again, this weekend, pair of meetings with the Flyers. Uh, the first one will be Saturday here at KeyBank Center at 7 o'clock. Uh, Paul and I and will have the, the pregame for you here coming up at 6. And uh, Kevin Adams will be joining us live in the press box at 610. So hope you can uh, be with us then to hear from the Sabres GM as we get you ready for Buffalo and Philadelphia. And with that, we're going to uh, put a wrap on our postgame show for tonight here from KeyBank Center. want to thank our crew. TJ Luckman back in our Amherst studios, our network producer. Thank you, TJ. Tom Matty here, our on-site engineer. Thank you, Tom. Jonathan Koziel, our on-site producer up here in the press box. Paul Hamilton, our reporter. The Bulldog on the pregame today. And, of course, Rick Jenneret and Rob Ray, our game announcers. My name is Brian Koziel. I thank you for listening. Final again, Blue 6, Sabres 2. We'll talk Saturday night, 6 o'clock pregame, Sabres and Flyers, right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 